Let's get it. So first, we want to thank everybody uh, for listening. Uh, it's truly, it's truly a gift, and we appreciate your your time and and coming in and just listening. And we we, we believe every time we we hit these microphones, we add value, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's our job is to you know navigate through these journeys of all these creatives and so forth, and uh, to you know bring them bring them to light. Um, today we have somebody extremely special, and once uh, you know, I'm not here alone. My name is Corey Ochai. Yeah, you guys, if you've been listening, you know I'm here with some company. That's so right. uh, let's let's bring in let's bring in the next my, one of my good dear friends. I'm gonna let me bring in himself, and let's do it. Please. I'm Josh Snyder, and you're listening to Thoughtful Discussions. Thank you so much for listening. It is a uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, it's it's a exciting uh, part of the midweek to uh, to be able to get in here and, and really enjoy this uh this good thoughtful discussions yeah that's so, absolutely right absolutely. and today we're going to talk about our guest we have in today um <clears throat> excuse me she is when i when i say is one of my favorite people to talk to to <laughs> conversate with uh, especially of this new generation and the things mm-hmm. that she's doing that just it's it's it just blows my mind every time i sit down and have a conversation with this lady uh she is um just an amazing person. I can tell you everything she does, but I want you guys to hear it from her. But uh, it is an honor to have on the podcast today, Miss Emma Riva. How you doing? That's so sweet of you, Corey, to say that <laughs> I'm one of your favorite people to talk with. That's high praise because you're such a great conversationalist. So uh, I appreciate that's very it. Very sweet of you. I mean every bit of that, Emma. I mean every bit of that. So let's. I guess let's just start off with Emma. Who are you, and, and what are the things that you enjoy doing in this world? Mm. So as stated, I'm Emma Riva, that's my name. I'm an author and a fine arts journalist and a book artist are the three things I usually list in my professional bios. Hmm. So I write books, I write about, I write text about people making art and then I make books. I don't physically make them, but I design the print for them. So I have this sort of all encompassing art practice that has a lot of different parts to it so i wear a lot of different hats creatively and professionally but what you probably know of my work is the book night shift and tamakwa which i've been promoting and reading from all around pittsburgh and the surrounding areas in the past couple of months Mm. so that's my project that's out that's published but that is certainly not the last project that i will have published oh i know we got we got a lot we got a lot coming i know that for a fact and that's what i mean this is why we really wanted to have you on the podcast um you know the journey you're on and even your your, your uh, book uh, night shift and Tim- i always say tamakwa I, it, I think it's it's tamakwa we're, we're going to talk about that too <laughs> we're going to talk about that so I'm going to stick okay. with that. Because I, I remember last time we sat down, we weren't really sure. Yeah, you know? so, I have, I have yeah. confirmation Okay, now. you have confirmation. And we're going to talk about that journey as well, because that so, that's a great story. So wait a second. Tell me, I, I, I know nothing. And, yeah. Um, so tell me about this book a little. Give me just a little, little preface. Sure. So Night Shift in Tamakwa is illustrated. First of all, I collaborated with a painter, Coyote Jacobs, who was also my roommate at the time. So Hmm. we were collaborating creatively out of, you know, friendship, not just professional connection. But the basic concept of the book is it's about two people. One is a Postmates driver. One is a graveyard shift waitress at a 24 hour diner. And they meet by chance the postmates guy doesn't have a car at that the moment the book begins and gets offered a ride by this other character and they develop a relationship that ends up helping the, each of them with various things in their life hmm. yeah it's a very interesting dynamic you know uh and it's um it's one of those things where um anybody can go through it right it's like a normal occurrence yes. it's not I really love the fact that, because I've sat in on a few of your, your book readings also, as well as, um, you know, some of the uh, events that you've been holding up recently, you know, was talking about just two two individuals 
in the pro- going through the process of maybe you know developing a relationship not actually you know i don't know it was it was it was very interesting mm. uh when um i'm just going to say emma emma has a lot that's impacted in this and i, I don't want to get into that just now because okay. i really want to talk about how the so book developed can you can you listen to it like uh is it an audiobook or just just uh digital it's just in print right now, okay. but I've had people tell me I should do an audiobook yeah. because I, you know, I talk a lot and I have a pretty loud voice and people are like, oh, I'd love to hear you listen to it. And also, you know, audio is a format that a lot of people engage with books in. Like I have friends who have, um, who have dyslexia who maybe yeah. wouldn't be able to read the book or just people who honestly, you know, and I'm not offended, like people just don't like reading yeah. and that's not, you know, that's not something that... I'm going to be personally hurt by it if right. they want to listen to the book rather than read it. So that, maybe I'm, in the I'm future, in that boat. yeah, yeah. I think I think Audible, Audible. I think you should. I mean, definitely, it'd be great to to go through that. It's just the way the world works these days. There's so many ways to digest right. information or just. I love a long driving. Oh yeah, and I can go. I can get through a book in a, yeah. in a few weeks. And you do have like the radio voice. Like you have you have a distinctive voice, and it, and it's it's one of those those things that like oh I know who that is when I hear it. You know, sometimes. Yeah. I, so I, I think an audio book would be absolutely dope. Um, you know what? Let's 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 take a step back. Let's take a step back because uh, you're actually you know you just you just came to Pittsburgh not too long ago. How long have you been here in this area? Jeez, like, like seven, eight months. I I can't count exactly, but since um, since the end of August last year. So since that, the end of August. Yeah. Yeah, so we're out there. We're out yeah. there. So uh, where, where are you coming from? I mean, you know, Pittsburgh's not your, it's your, maybe your home now, but I mean, it may not be, you know, where, where are you from? So I'm from New York City originally. I'm born and raised New Yorker. I grew up mm. in Washington Heights, which is the uh, this neighborhood on the northern tip of Manhattan up near the Bronx. Mm. Many people know it from the movie In the Heights uh, with Lin-Manuel Miranda, but uh, it's this very culturally diverse neighborhood of mostly mostly Dominican, but a lot of other stuff mixed in as well. And mm. it's a, just a really interesting neighborhood. It's one of the only places in New York, or the only place in Manhattan at least, where the hills weren't blasted down. Because when the grid was originally being created for New York City, there was a lot of blasting down of the hills to make them more walkable. But mm. in Washington Heights, wow. they didn't do that. And, wow, that's that's yeah. interesting. Interesting. So you can see why I like Pittsburgh. I'm used to hills. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is the place. If you love hills, come come to Pittsburgh. This is the city of them. Definitely. You know, not just the city of bridges. But I think we the city of hills as well. So, so um, I grew up in Orange County, California, and it's a very um, it's it's dense. It's not quite New York City, um, but as far as population goes, it's it's pretty dense, and there's just like lots of people. And um, I grew up and I had a started a small business when I was very young so I was used to having to promote much harder than other people would Um, and uh, coming from New York City when you go to do something and and, like you know how many people were were you doing something when you were in New York were you doing something where you were working with yourself or or doing your own type of so I had my book launch in New York okay so coming from New York and then going to Pittsburgh, do you feel like it's um, you have kind of like an unfair advantage to like like the the work ethic you're putting into some of your events is just kind of like comes a little easier to you maybe than than people that are here? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think I it's also a personality thing. Yeah. I think that yeah. I I am a super driven ambitious person by Mm. nature but it's kind of a nature versus nurture thing on some level because you know i also like i you know i grew up in new york i played competitive sports for a while i just had that attitude fostered in me for most of my life but i definitely think that the market for art is very different in pittsburgh and i like the ways that it's different from new york i love that yeah what do you think is is more different what's the one things that really stick out to you when you when you look at the terrain in pittsburgh and the terrain in new york so the other day i went to uh corey edmondson's art opening uh which was at this place called, I believe it was called Ruckus Coffee. And right. it was it was really, really cool. All the art was uh, was spectacular. Corey's a great artist. 
And I was thinking while I was there, you know, in New York, every gallery you go to is basically the same mm. because they're all kind of clustered in Brooklyn or in Tribeca. They all have this kind of minimalist look to them mm. and they're all, you know, frequented by the same kind of people basically. And particularly when I was working as an art journalist in New York, there were times when I would be around all of these very fancy people and it, it felt kind of like everybody was wearing a costume. Okay, and gotcha. in Pittsburgh, I think that you walk into a show and you really never know what you're gonna get, mm. which it's unfortunate that that has dissipated a little bit in New York, but in Pittsburgh and I think in a lot of smaller cities like Cleveland too, I've had this experience mm -hmm. as well. You go to a, an art opening, you, you have no idea what you're going to get. Like the artist's family will be hanging out there. Right. Someone will be like drinking a beer in the corner. Yep. And yeah. this particular opening, like the, the gallery was next to like a dollar general. And I yeah. was just, I was loving it. I was, this, this is awesome <laughs> yeah. because I feel like art, should represent the human experience and the human experience is not a sanitized gallery in Tribeca that's only frequented by people who make $200,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love that. And just to, to take a step back when you said, you know, it's a personality trait, like you're ambitious. I've, I've worked with a lot of artists on this journey in the TT. Um, I, I'm talking numerous, over 30, 40, maybe even close to about 60 right now. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes down to it, uh, Emma, you are one of the people that, you know, I don't, I don't you know, when, when it comes down to like putting on an event, and wondering if the artist is going to show up, mm -hmm. I have to keep up with Emma because Emma's, <laughs> Emma's going for it every week. Every week, I'm getting, I, I get a call, I get a text. You know, what do you think? Like, could we, could we do a show here? Could we do yeah. a show here? I mean, it, it's like um, a lot of times I have to, you know, kind of drive the marketing right. and drive everything else. Right. But Emma, it's kind of easy breezy because she <laughs> she already goes so hard. I mean, she's been yeah. here for seven months, and so she might not even know she's doing it. But oh I, no, yeah. no, and it, it's it's a different it's right. different. Man. But that's the thing. So how many do you know how many million people live in in New York City? Like, a is there a rough? Million. Yeah, I, a lot of million. I, <laughs> that's the number. <laughs> I want to say five million, but I'm yeah. not totally sure. So in LA and Orange County, I think we had. 17 million and this is when i was growing up so it's probably more now yeah. but that's the same population as like australia yeah so, yeah, yeah. It's just like in the population County. of a small country right wow. yeah i know new york has more people than la now so i guess it must be right. higher than my probably. estimate but i yeah. don't know a lot of people so but the the difference like in in pittsburgh i think you have like 1.3 or 1.6 million people in the city and then you have about 3 million people in allegheny county okay so it's not like it's 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 a city and I, I love it to death. It's 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 my one of my favorite places to be, um, but it's not as populous as you know these these big cities. Right. And when you grow up in it, and when you when you do events in in a, in a big city, and you, it's like if you put a poster up in New York, how many people are going to show up because you put that poster? You you have to just do more. Maybe you have to put up five hundred. And here you only have to put up 50 and you get the same effect. Right. So it's just when, when we're doing something in a bigger city, we're used to doing that. Mm -hmm. We're used to putting up 500. Right. So when we're like, oh, I only have to put up 200. But really, more, normal people would only put up 20. Right. And so like we're, we're going above and beyond because we're used to being pushed so hard. Right. There's so many people and you're just like, well, I just got to do all this. Um, and that might not be exactly putting up posters, but just that idea that you're just like, I got I to gotta get people to come out and I got to. There's there's more opportunity there maybe because there are there's the capacity is bigger there right. are more people that could come but you have to get their attention and, and make sure that they come out so you're so, used to getting that attention so that's 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 really that's really great you know and these are all the advantages mm -hmm. what are some of the disadvantages of being in a, a smaller town that you don't that you you know that you wouldn't have in New York City oh my number one disadvantage is car ownership. Yeah. Because in New York, you don't need to have a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, do, not, I do not have a car because right yeah, now yeah. it is extremely expensive to right. get a car. It's and ridiculous. I just got yeah. unlucky about the time in which I 
was born, I guess, because the, <laughs> the, the market that I am entering is not great. <laughs> the look on your face when you said that, it yeah. was, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was a real thing. That came from the heart. That I, you, you were waiting for somebody to ask that question. Um, it was one of those things. So, okay, so uh, the, the way you can navigate the city yeah. is, is, is one it's of those tough. things. We're, we're one of the toughest cities to, um, I mean, we're tough to drive in too, but it's yeah. tough to get around walking. It's tough, it's tough to get around public transit, bikes. It's not, it's not, not a great city for that. Yeah, I sure. found that the fact that I have to put in effort, though, sometimes yeah. can be rewarding. Like yeah. sometimes, you know, it stops building character and it just becomes <laughs> miserable. But it <laughs> is, um, it, it has a lot of advantages to it, particularly as a writer. I yeah. was right. thinking about this the other day when I was in Cleveland for an event that I was doing there, mm. and I had to take the Greyhound there rather mm. than driving because I couldn't get there in a car. I mean, I can drive, but I, it's not like I can just buy a car on a whim and then take off. Right. So I had to take the, the Greyhound there. And as a writer, I think that it actually is an advantage to have to go more slowly yeah. and, and be a part of the world and be a part of the general population. Um, because also in Pittsburgh, you know, going on public transit, you see, I think, a lot of the like class disparity that you right. wouldn't ordinarily see if you are just driving around in a car and not having to interact with other people. Absolutely. So I think it's, in some ways, it's an advantage as an artist to be forced to kind of acknowledge the humanity of the place that you're living in. So I try to mm. put a positive artistic spin on it, even though it can be frustrating at times. Mm. It has its positives yeah i i enjoy because also I'm, I'm i'm a bus rider i'm a walker as well you know and sometimes being in that passenger seat you know you you get a chance to you know turn your head and look around where somebody that's driving always has to focus on those signs and what's coming up where it's like you know it's 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 really cool it's really cool and i i, I get i gathered a lot of inspiration from that as well so i mm. I, I love the way you articulated that that was that was uh eye-opening yeah. So, all right. Let's 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 go because you were talking about the event in in, in uh, Cleveland, mm -hmm. right? And we were just talking about your your grind and how how you really are ambitious. So you've been here for six six months. How many events have you been been a part of? And you know uh, what 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 happens in those events? So the fact that I have to think about it probably says something. It says a lot. But it says a lot. Yeah, I at least three. Um, yeah, I would say maybe between three and five, depending on what you're counting as a full event, because I have done readings where, you know, I did that, I, I believe I read from the book at TT one time at an event where I wasn't headlining, but mm. I was there. So yeah, I would say like maybe like four or five. And that is a process where you just kind of have to put yourself out there mm. and it can be very daunting because something that I've dealt with personally as like an insecurity is thinking, oh, I'm so kind of audacious and like putting myself out there and it's probably everyone is just embarrassed for me. You know, it's like the person who uh, very obviously has a crush on someone who doesn't like them back, that kind of embarrassment <laughs> because it, it feels you know, it, it feels like you're having to advocate for yourself all the time, particularly as a self-published author, which is a whole other conversation about the psychological experience of being self-published. It can be very isolating at times, but in terms of putting on events, I just tell myself, you know, like I have nothing to lose essentially. Mm -hmm. If no one shows up, at least I, got my name on the venue at some point mm. or at least i tried that there's yeah. something to be said for trying sharing that's, the that's, stage with someone absolutely absolutely yeah you know when you when you're doing these events uh what 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 you know so what what happens like uh so you, you sit down you do the reading um you're doing the marketing how are you usually marketing these events to uh you know get people to come and fill some of these seats so i use social media a lot to market and I'm not the biggest fan of social media, but I have discovered that reels are a great tool to get your events on people's feeds, get mm -hmm. people interested because rather than a post, which is sort of stagnant, a reel is something people can watch and engage with a little more. Yeah. So I tend to market my events on Instagram in that way. 
usually the venue makes a poster or a posting of some kind yep. that happened to me with Riverstone Books, happened to me with Ketchup City Creative, uh, oh. Red Hawk. Um, typically they make, they make it on Canva. It's actually kind of funny. Red Hawk and Ketchup City Creative use the same Canva template. <laughs> so as, yeah. a, as a designer, I was like, oh, you use the same template. It's almost like you, you put it out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah I was like, yeah. people going to think that I just made this myself. But <laughs> I did. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been following. <laughs> I, I, until this moment, I really thought that. I was like, oh, I guess she's just using the same thing. But No, was, no. Saying, was, let let yeah. the cat out of the bag on that one. Yeah, Nancy yeah. and Mary just used the same Canva template, I guess. But uh, <laughs> no shade or <laughs> no shade, no shade. <laughs> but you know what? I, I've been I've been to uh, quite a few of those events. I thoroughly enjoy them. Uh, in particularly the one uh, there's two. The one at Riverstone Books that uh-huh. was that was very interesting. That was very that was my first. Is that, is that the right name? Riverstone Books. Yeah, Riverstone Books. Uh, that, and that was in uh, Squirrel Hill. Uh huh. Yeah, that was absolutely my very first time ever going to uh, something of that an event like that. Very interesting, great mm. questions. It was the first time I really got to see you in an environment that wasn't like me and you talking in a TT. Yeah. Um, and the questions that came from it. But the one that really stuck with me was the one uh, in Red Hawk. Uh-huh. That, that was a lot of fun. That was just so much fun. Uh, we had another guy that was there that actually was, that actually been to Tamaqua as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can get into that story, but uh, it was, it was, it was uh, the, the interactions, the, the, um, it's, it's, it's a different type of conversation. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not about the book. Well, it is always about the book, but the book can, can create these conversations about like life and, and what's happened, and um, it was, it was if we can, a little bit, could we can talk about that experience at Red Hawk just a mm-hmm. little bit, because uh, you were going through the book, and there was a guy who wasn't, I don't even think he was there for the book reading, but ended up joining in, yeah. and uh, told us, when, when he heard Tamakwa, he was like, oh, I've been there, <laughs> I've been there, uh, which was interesting. Um, how he got there was also interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, that was a funny uh, story. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a... Uh, you, you want you want to tell it or yeah the guy there he he got catfished by somebody who lived in Tamaqua so <laughs> catfished that, in Tamaqua that really That's, cracked yeah. me up that was great I yeah. I love when people from the Lehigh Valley are at events that I do because it's a unique part of Pennsylvania I mean I, weirdly I wrote the book before I lived in Pennsylvania which is a question I get a lot people are like oh right. did you did you choose to write a book set in Pennsylvania because you live there? And I was like, no, at the time I was living in New York. But <laughs> and did you just like pick, put your finger on a map and be like, there, that looks like a good name. Sort of. It's yeah. kind of how it worked. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Corey right. knows this story, but I can oh, tell please it tell again. it. Please yeah. tell it. It's one of my favorite stories. Come on, let's, let's go. Yeah. So I, at the time I was working on the concept of the book with CJ, my illustrator, we had fleshed out the characters a bit. We had talked about the concept, but we were trying to decide where to set it because we wanted it to be somewhere that was sort of quintessential Americana, but not suburban, Mm. not like Westchester County, which is right outside of New York. It's a very like sort of suburban area, but also not rural because I don't think that rural areas have the same level of kind of commercialism that I was going for. So I was just thinking about this and at the time I had a sort of distant family member, how I'm related to this person is complicated, but a a, a distant family member had moved to Tamakwa and was dating a girl there and all my Facebook feed was this particular person's posts about their girlfriend. So I was seeing that all the time and I was just thinking this is a sort of interesting random place. I you, I don't have a personal relationship with it, but wouldn't it be cool to set a book there? And yeah. I looked it up and I was like, well, I, that just feels right. And I think some of it was just intuition that this yeah. place feels right. And mm. it just had that kind of in-between feeling that, um, that CJ and I were going for. This, something that, I, that aesthetically, I think, I was thinking about when I was coming up with the concept for the book, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but the film Ghost World, which is, um, it's with Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson, and they live in this unnamed town, but there's a lot of shots of like, just 
gas stations with like big signs and then like McDonald's, mm. Dollar General, Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, this that kind old of school America. Yeah, yeah this I kind of consumerism that yeah. is not like luxury, but right, is right. this sort of everyday like having to engage with these spaces like gas stations and diners and fast right. food restaurants. Have you visit? Has you visited uh, Tamaqua yet? I have not personally been there because it's difficult to get there without a car. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I yeah. find a way to work that into everything. But yeah. <laughs> but it, um, I have not personally been there, but I do want to go there because there's a great organization there um, called Hope and Coffee. That's a coffee shop that is also advocating for people who are getting sober it's you know meant to be a community space that's not a bar which i think is a great idea i nice. know in pittsburgh we have some kind of similar organizations that are right. just community hangouts where you don't have to drink which i think okay. is great and i think that's absolutely beautiful have um and i think that's necessary you know yeah. uh, that's that's also uh, you know i i enjoy uh, trace brewing and places like that because of that which i know you can drink there but they also have coffee they also yeah. have other things that you can do and i just right. think you know just having other places where you can communicate and conversate like a cafe without those things are, are important um but you know so you're, you're keeping in touch with people from tamaqua have people have contacted you because of this book like because i know when you put it in uh the google should google search should really kind of direct you yeah. probably to your book first before it directs you to <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe have you, tried you don't really want to go there yeah, you yeah. want to you want to read this you book you want to read the book before <laughs> yeah. you want to go there uh, yeah i haven't had people personally contact me but i've had people come up to me at readings and i think that it is a draw huh. because it's a place that it doesn't get written about very much and that was another thing i was thinking about with the concept of the book because you know i'm from new york and I personally don't feel that the representation of New York in books really speaks to my experience having mm. grown up there, there very well. And I get kind of tired, honestly, of reading books that are just all set in New York. Mm. And I, because New York has a lot to offer, but it's become this literary trope almost. And mm. that's not that interesting to me. And I'm more interested in writing about places that are off the map a little bit and mm. not so much saturated with all of this baggage. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I understand that. I, I can't say I understand it completely because you've seen so much there and it's just, mm -hmm. you're probably numb to the things that we, that excite the average person about New York um, because you, you know, you're in it, you know? Um, and, you know, when it comes down to it, I, I really wanted to tap in on to, because I don't want to crap on New York a little bit. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't want to just, it's a whole city. It's a pretty big city. You yeah. know, they, they know people, well, you know. I um, mean, with Southern California, I tell people that it, it's a great place to visit, but it's not really the greatest place to live. And that's what you I'm, know? that's and what I, I'm And I think New York is probably similar. Yeah. Yeah, that's it different. is similar. I mean. Yeah. I, I love visiting New York. Yeah. yeah. And, and Southern California, but. New yeah. York has a lot to offer and it's a great place to grow up. You're exposed to a lot of different kinds of people. You're going mm. to be independent at an earlier age because you don't have to drive mm. and it has a lot of great things in it. But right now I'm glad I don't live there anymore because yeah. it is very difficult in the pandemic to live there for a number of different reasons. Yeah. But just, it makes me a little sad seeing the level of, gentrification in new york mm. now because particularly mm. with people driving prices up during covid mm -hmm. uh new mm. york increasingly has kind of lost some of its character and there are certain places where that's not true but there is as like, like i was talking about with the art scene i feel mm -hmm. like there's a lot of amazing artists in new york but it's a very difficult place to start an art career right now I understand mm. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, so I, I really want to tap in and shout out to New York. Uh, we're sending our love out there, and um, you know, from Pittsburgh and mm -hmm. beyond, and you know, every other place, because um, we know it's tough out there. But I, I really want to talk to you about uh, the self-publishing, yeah. because that's a journey in itself. And you, you like you said, you wear a lot of hats, yeah. right? You know, when it comes to the illustration, when it comes to the editing, when it comes to the marketing, when it comes to, I mean, you name it, and it comes when it comes around this, and you're tapping into it. Yeah. Um, how? That's <laughs> the so, real question. That's the how. So self-publishing yeah. is a fascinating business. I actually was 
finding myself imagining doing some kind of investigative journalism podcast about the rise of self-publishing the other day because it's such a sort of strange business model that's arisen within the past like 10 20 years okay so it's i'm i'm sure that versions of it have gone on earlier than that but they're are these two platforms, KDP and IngramSpark, that are the main ones that people use. And KDP stands for Kindle Direct Publishing mm. and is an affiliate of Amazon, whereas IngramSpark isn't exactly a, like a site where you can buy stuff, it's a distributor. Gotcha. So IngramSpark is more, it's more distribution-based, whereas KDP is a little bit more specific to Amazon and is cheaper and easier to use, okay. but has some drawbacks if something I learned uh, down the line that I would do differently uh, in my own journey with self-publishing is I would have bought my own ISBN from the get-go and saved myself a lot of trouble mm. instead of letting um, KDP randomly assign me an what, ISBN. What, what does that mean? I, like ISBN? Yeah. So an ISBN, it's like a driver's license for your book is how I've had people explain it I to me. I love that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of get it, but if you can just dig in a little yeah. bit of how that works. So it's an identifier about your book, basically. Yeah. It's not exactly the same as owning the copyright, but it's similar. It's like you, it's a little identifier that tracks where your book goes. Okay. And um, when you upload a book onto KDP, you can choose to have a free randomly assigned ISBN from them, which I thought that paying money for a string of numbers was ridiculous. So I, I didn't <laughs> you said, do no, that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, it ended I, up... I believe in it. Start small and and work your way up. And then you learn from it and now you're going to not do that again. Yeah. And now I own my own ISBN. It just means there's two versions of my book out there, but there's Mm. no real meaningful difference between them other than some slight dimension change in the Ingram Spark version. I believe the Ingram Spark version is five by eight and the other one is like 5.5 by 8.5 or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They're the same book. So that is a short intro to self-publishing as a concept. Oh, goodness. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. My head is twisted right yeah. now. And then you're just getting into the introduction of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after you get this, this number that, that, or you don't get this number, you know, uh, how do you, how did you, you know, when you, when you put it out there, how did you, how did you, you know, promote it or not even promote it, but how, how does, what does the process look like? You know, um, you, you write the book, uh, you, you put it in there. Um, is there, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. So, so like, yeah, my path was a little bit unconventional because I chose to publish the book after I realized I had a really amazing marketing opportunity because I've been writing mm. since I was very young and I've mm. been producing manuscripts for like at least six or seven years. So the okay. issue for me was not writing a book. It was like, the process of publishing a book and Mm. self-publishing is something that's not really discussed in most academic writing programs, at least not to my knowledge. It's still like the model is go to a traditional publisher, go to a small press, things like that. And of course it is very nice to get the validation of traditional publishing, the getting the keys to the kingdom from Simon and Schuster, who doesn't want that. But as a younger person and as someone who loves to write and is constantly producing, I found myself getting a little bit impatient with that process. Mm. And I had an opportunity at One Art Space, which is a gallery in New York City in Tribeca that I had done a lot of journalism work for and I had a relationship with the curators there. Uh, one of them pitched to me, do you want to do a book launch here? And I was like, well, first I have to publish a book. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. Did you say yes before you even... I said yeah. I said I said no. <laughs> yes, but I I had I had the I, I had the manuscript for the book. I told CJ like, look, I have this opportunity. Can you like redo the illustrations and I'll like formally pay you for them? Because at the time it was just a concept, you know. Yeah. It was like not something we had really monetized or fleshed out. So mm-hmm. I paid him to do um, an illustration for each chapter. We sort of went went over the concepts together, and. It was a stressful process getting this book printed before the book launch. And that's part of the reason why I redesigned the cover recently is yeah. that it was very stressful to have to do this on a short notice. So mm. shout, anyone... out, shout out to Coyote. I just want to put that out yeah, there. Shout yeah. out to CJ. He's yeah. amazing, incredibly gifted artist. I will plug his stuff basically anywhere 
I go because he's amazing. He's just a very talented artist and a very creative person who mm. is who's taken a path that I think a lot of people wouldn't look like wouldn't go on because mm. he's very activism and direct action focused in what he does, which mm. is commendable. I think a lot of people just stick to like posting and reposting, whereas CJ yeah. is willing to get his hands dirty and really get involved with stuff. And I really respect that about him. Beyond Emma, I can say the same exact thing about you. Oh, thank you. You know, I'm serious. Like when you when you were just explaining Coyote, and once again, shout out to Coyote. I can't wait to meet you one day. Um, For sure. You know, uh, that's the same. There's a reason you guys are. It's one thing when you when you find your tribe. You know, you find yeah. people that are cut from that cloth, and that's every time you talk about Coyote and you talk about the process of how the book was illustrated and how you had to approach it, and you, you talk about all these great things. Those are the same exact things I see in you. Like, I, I, I truly believe uh, the way that you approach life in general, because the way you do anything is the way you do everything, but the way you approach life and the way you're approaching this book says a lot about your character, and I believe that's why you are the person you are this early in the journey of life. Thank because you. you mm. We haven't even talked about how young this young lady is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, a lady you, never reveals her age, but I'm younger yeah, I'm than so you think sorry. I am. I'm no, sorry. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I just, um, you know, it's like one of those things where yeah. people, people do not know how old I am, and I'll leave it to the listeners to guess. Yeah, but just I, guess. Put but it in the comments. I'm probably younger than you think I am. Yeah, and it, it, it blows my mind. And maybe it should have been something I talked about before the podcast started. <laughs> uh, but I just want to say I'm proud of you. And um, it's your generation, your, this generation, they're not waiting. No. Yeah. You know, they're not waiting. It's not, it doesn't even cross their mind. <laughs> we used to have to wait for all the stars to align. Right. Like, you know, you think of an author, you think of maybe one, maybe one book a year or they, they, you have what about five in in the, in the chamber? You got about a five five on the in, on the top of the cabinet. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Roughly and still producing. Yeah, still producing, and I think that more people than like you would think work that way. But the thing about the publishing industry is that it's so competitive and so slow that, like you were saying, you think of people putting out like one book and that's enough of a labor to you know. Like it's your one shot a lot of the time with publishing. Mm -hmm. And the thing that always felt frustrating to me was, you know, no artist wants to just have a one shot at success. You want right. to have a consistent career and you want people to continue to be interested in your work and you want to continue to be supported across your career. So I, I, you know, I have, some beef obviously with the publishing industry but i don't want to be too uh aggressive in case anybody is listening no, talk, talk like, that yeah. stuff now just, yeah. no, no, just, just hold up on that I'm, I'm comparing a lot of this to like how a musician would see a record label you that's know, exactly in their, in their head um so like the way that you're talking of course everyone wants that record label but at the same time that record label is out for themselves and they want you know they're only going to sign people that they think they can make money off of and you know, mm -hmm. what, uh, what have you. And if you do it yourself, you have to put a little more work in, but yeah. you get a lot more out of it. The mm -hmm. big difference between a record label and a publishing house, though, is that, and I didn't know this about record labels until I was talking to my partner about this recently, but mm -hmm. the, the big difference is that so publishing houses will give you an advance yeah. and record labels will. Right. Like record labels, you have to pay yeah. for it yourself, which right, is a right. very controversial thing in Most the publishing yeah. industry. Yeah. Unless you're like, I literally just heard right about that on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I forgot who was it. It was, um, can't think of the name, but they said the book industry is a lot more honest than the mm. record industry. I can see uh, that. Part, yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, that. they say, you know, you, you go out and you do these things and everything's coming off your budget when you're in the music industry. Mm -hmm. But in the book industry, they will actually, you know, they'll send you out to this place and that place. And I mean, what, what, you, what it makes is what you make. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they don't take that off of the initial budget where you have to pay them back. It's part of the actual uh, contract and hopefully I'm getting this right. Or, I mean, everything, yeah, everyone's yeah. different, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, and in, in publishing specifically, there's actually been a big conversation about sort of 
this new kind of publishing that uh, is sort of pejoratively called a vanity press, which is basically the record label model, which is the author no, pays up front. Don't do it. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think that, you don't. know, there's obviously everyone's different, but what I find kind of interesting is why so many people gravitate now to this like vanity press model or, or mm. the more charitable term is hybrid. And I think the fact that these hybrid presses are existing at all and are you know having authors like put out their work through them and they're they're not inherently predatory there are certainly presses that use this model that i think do great work Mm -hmm. and what their existence speaks to i think is that a lot of people are dissatisfied with the way the publishing industry is now Mm -hmm. and there's just not a lot of action being taken on how to change it and instead there's all of just this like yeah. controversy about oh the yeah. like they're making you pay for the books and all of that yeah. and it's obviously a lot of it is predatory but it doesn't go to the next level of okay well why is this an option that's even being presented if it's so right. egregious and the answer is that so few people are able to actually get their work out there that they are willing to put down like 10 grand for it we're in some special times right now yeah i think this is this is going to help you know the, i think what's happening now is actually good you know people yeah. people are standing up right you know that's what i'm hearing you know when, you, when you're talking it just sounds like you're taking you're you're taking the power into your own hands mm-hmm. yeah to, to make it happen and said i'm not going to wait for you and i think that's the approach in a lot of uh of creative journeys that i feel like it's 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 like it's the old way is is now you know mm-hmm. almost it's going to be absolute soon absolute absolute you know, and it's, uh, I just love what you guys are doing and the way everybody's approaching this is just, look, I'm, I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going yeah. to wait for you to accept me to get into this room. I'm going to kick down this door yeah. and uh, you're going to have to hear me. Uh, it's just it's a beautiful approach. It's almost poetic for me. Totally. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about this, this uh, not just the journey, but I want to talk about, you know, what you have coming, because now, you know, I've heard you and Coyote have reconnected uh, for uh, maybe a new launch uh, for the illustration, or was it was it Coyote, or? So he did the illustration of the new cover, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's absolutely beautiful. His Instagram is coyote underscore illustration, anyone listening, I, yeah. like, he posted a detailed version of the spread that I think is very, very beautiful that mm, yeah. our listeners can check out. Let, let's talk about this relaunch. Yeah. Yeah so. yeah. so I liked the original cover. It The type was nice. Uh, the art was nice. It, it wasn't that there was something wrong with it. It was that I didn't feel like it totally represented the book mm. uh, because as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm, I'm a book artist too. I do interiors, not covers, but I... I put a lot of stock like into the the relationship you have with the book as an object. And yeah. when I engage with the current like layout of it as an object, I didn't feel like it really spoke to the in, the like inner workings of the book. Okay. And I wanted to do to do something different. Initially, we were just going to do it for a hardcover version of the book, but then I loved the illustration he was doing so much, I was like, I think this should just be the new cover. Like, this feels really right. And he was able to spend much more time on it because we weren't, you know, cramming for a book launch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it, uh, it turned out really, really well. Um, he, uh, it's, he actually asked for a picture of myself and my partner in the pose the characters are on in the co- are in on the cover to use a real life reference which i thought was oh, sweet oh that's so amazing yeah that um it so it it had like references with the poses and also i think speaks to how he's grown as an artist since the original cover because he's on this journey as a sort of self-made artist as well oh, and mm. he at this point has more experience with illustration than he did at the time so it shows his kind of technical growth as an artist too and i i think it just it looks amazing it it's very colorful where where i mean you know before you leave out of this this studio you're gonna have to show me because i don't think i don't think you exposed it to the public yet correct it's 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 
exposed to the public. You it can is? find it on my Substack. You can find it on a reel uh, on my Instagram, and you can find it on CJ's Instagram. So okay. it is to the public, but I can show you definitely. Yeah, yeah all right, definitely. And also, let's let's give let's give the people your Instagram as well, where they can find that. That's just we're talking about the topic mm-hmm. right oh, now. Oh yeah, totally. So my Instagram is Emma with glasses. That's my <laughs> handle on basically everything. So you can find my stuff there on Instagram where I Twitter. Yeah, I have Twitter yeah. as well. I don't yeah. really post very much on Twitter, but if, if you want to connect with me on Twitter, I have yeah. that as well. I have a Substack newsletter where I write every week just about things going on in mm. Pittsburgh, going on in my professional life, or just something I find interesting. I'll often recommend books or music or something like that in the newsletters. So that's emmawithglasses.substack.com, which you can find in my Instagram link as well. So really the mm. channel that everything goes through is my Instagram. It's easiest. What to about, find what about TikTok? I don't have TikTok. TikTok makes me feel old. I know that I'm pretty young, <laughs> but TikTok makes me really feel like there's a generational difference you know between what, me and you other know, people. I, I believe, uh, there's more people over 30 on TikTok now. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's changing. They, they said there was more people between 30 and 50 huh. that, that jumped on TikTok faster than they jumped on Facebook, actually. Oh, yeah. So they, they said it's it's becoming, you know, it's becoming a place where the senior citizens play. <laughs> Hello. Uh, that's, that's, uh, but that's, it's, uh, I'm, I, I don't know, man. You might be the under thirty crowd. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we're not. Yeah. We're not going to give. We don't, we don't know, which is so mysterious. <laughs> mysterious. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, sorry, go ahead. The I was just going to say, like reels is amazing, and um, there's such an opportunity there because it'll show up um, in in other people's. You know, if it seems relevant, it'll show up on people that aren't following you, and you might yeah. gain followership from that. And if it goes well, you know, it's easy to get. 10, 20,000 views. Uh, but if the same thing on TikTok is the viral ability on TikTok, uh-huh. I think is 10 times what, what it is on mm. Instagram with reels. Reels are great and I, I don't think you shouldn't do them, uh, but I, I, I definitely think it's worth doing both. One of the challenges of marketing a book and you talking about TikTok made me think of this, yeah. is that books by nature are long form yeah. and they're, they're not visual necessarily in the same way that art or music can be when you market it. Sure. So it has become a challenge to figure out how to make reels, what's the most visually engaging uh-huh. way to do it. Yeah. And if I were to make a TikTok, I think I would really have to think about the format of how am I going to present something that's by nature not a short sound bite and not necessarily easily digestible. Mm-hmm. And for me, so, sorry, go ahead. I understand what you're saying, but there is so much more content on there. I think that's more similar to what you have Yeah. than you might realize. And mm-hmm. if you just do it and you put it out consistently, uh, it really does. You, it'll be pushed out to the people that are, are interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess yeah. I have to get on TikTok. Yeah, I, like, yeah you I, sold me. I ain't gonna yeah. lie. I got, yeah. like, I'm excited. Yeah, I just associate it with, you know, like sort of vaguely offensive memes and like, <laughs> like t- sort of toxic content. There's a little bit of everything on yeah. there. But so that's the interesting thing is that like about the first like 72 hours on TikTok, um, it's tr- trying to like to show you everything to figure out what it is you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And the algorithm... Um, is very different than Facebook and Instagram because Facebook and Instagram, um, from what I understand, they kind of have like a model uh-huh. of, of you and then based off of what the model is, they know what to show you uh, where the TikTok is, is using AI right. and it's individualized to each user. Uh-huh. Um, so the more, if you, you know, watch something, like something, favorite it, share it, um, depending on what, you know, how long you watch it, watch it twice. Um, they're going to show you more content or less content that's similar to that based off of your user experience. Mm. And so it's very intuitive. And um, your feed versus, you know, I, I'll sit next to my fiance, I'll watch hers and hers. And right. Josh, how much, cats, how much more... time are you spending on TikTok, my friend? Because <laughs> you were so poetic when you're talking about this. So, no, it's, so, it's a marketing no, tool. But... No, probably, uh, I would say between an hour and two hours a day. Okay. Um, how valuable it, has it been for PGH Printship? Not yet. Okay. But as you know about me, it doesn't yeah. matter yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm willing to, to put time in right. um, because we were huge. I, my, first, my business was uh, when I was in California, when I was first starting out, um, we were huge on MySpace. Right. 
Nice. Uh, we, and in this business, we were big on Instagram when we first started. My right. first year, uh, 70% of business valued uh, $20,000 without any advertising dollars just off of Instagram. Beautiful. Wow. Um, just Beautiful. because we were, yeah, I was pushing it. So you're putting um, in the work I was working now. at a call center uh, part-time, and while, while I was there in between every call, I was just sitting there yeah. liking stuff, um, you know, doing my marketing and leaving commenting, yinz need printing. That, I love uh, that. I right. love that. And I love so that. So it, you're putting uh, in the work early before yeah, it becomes a right. thing where all, everybody's there. But it makes so much more sense. to. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can get on late, but um, I, I was, I'd say our TikTok is a little over a year old. Yeah. And... Um, you know, it, I don't post as much as I want to. I, I'm actually working on that okay. right now. And, and like, I just brought on someone to help create more content. So we okay. have, we're going to be doing five posts a day. Is it nice. somebody I may know? Um, Larry Lane. Okay. All yeah, right. He does a Greenfield's Finest podcast. He, he helps with their stuff. Right. And he does a lot of social media marketing and stuff like that. And he's a customer of mine. And I'm like, hey, let's put you to work. That's really dope. Speaking yeah. of podcasts as yeah. well, and also just the whole building a digital footprint. Yeah. Emma, it's it's word on the street is you have a podcast I as well. I do have a podcast, yeah. I have a podcast that I run with my best friend, Sav Lucia, who I went to college with, who awesome. lives in Glasgow, Scotland. So we don't spend time together physically anymore, though that's going to change in... Uh, June when I go to Glasgow for a few weeks, so awesome. it's going to be Scotland. really exciting because um, Sav and I haven't seen each other for quite some time. But so we are the kind of people who we're always having uh, having deep discussions, talking about big topics, big questions, and we thought to ourselves we should start a podcast because we both have this dynamic personality and both enjoy sharing these ideas so we yeah. started a podcast that's called the Y because we met when we lived at a YMCA <laughs> and so it's the uh -huh. and then the letter Y and it is just a show where we talk about the metaphysics philosophy and modern life is the tagline but really anything we talk about art we had an amazing episode with a guy who's a barista in Scotland who talked about the craft of making coffee mm. and like cafe culture and how it relates to making art and having um like that lifestyle and also how it relates to sobriety because he's also big into that mm. and we had a mental health professional on in this week's episode and we talked about mental health chronic illness the undercurrents of mental health and sort of the pillars of it so we really talk about anything we if someone has an interesting story we'll talk to them and then we'll do episodes that are just us as well mm -hmm. having that kind of banter with each other so yep. yeah we've been doing that same yeah, thing. yeah that's exactly yeah. how we've Love been it. approaching it and it's just so great to hear that that you also tap it when i first our first sit down that was the first thing that came across my mind I said, yeah she has to like it's because once you listen to this and my mother one of her favorite podcasts on the art of conversation is yours uh just it. it, it's just that. just the way that the, the conversation went and the way that you approach things the way you articulate things the way the insight you know letting people into your mind and, and checking out how emma Emma Riva uh, just just navigates this world. She was just so amazed. She was like, "Oh, you're you're, you're talking to people that are like you know just like yeah. like the the mind is is oh it's it was just absolutely beautiful and it's uh, to hear that you have a podcast makes me want to know where can I find this podcast? So yeah, you can find it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have an Instagram for it. it's whypodcast.info. If you follow me on Instagram, it's in my Instagram bio. Okay, so it's easily findable um and we post reels about the podcast on the instagram stuff like that and we put out a new episode every monday so yes. there's awesome. no shortage of content coming in so emma with yeah. glasses on yeah. instagram on everything that's how you can find her yeah all right so that's great so is there anything that uh else that you want to let the people listen and know about what you're doing and, and uh you know where you where you plan to take this this journey I mean, take all this too? You know? Yeah, I mean, I really try to keep an open mind about everything. So I really don't know where the next thing will lead me in my personal and artistic journey. But I do know that I am going to continue to share Night Shift in Tamaqua with people, but that I'm also working on some other really interesting stuff percolating. I'm working on a book that's set in Pittsburgh right now that I... I'm feeling really, really good about, and mm. I think that 
I am really going to try to get that in with a small press and try to have someone else do some of the work that I currently do because it's very tiring. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's right. Speaking, and, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of the work that you do, um, I'm curious if, um, for one, how long you've been doing it the way you are, and if is that your full-time gig or is that do, do you get to do you have to do some other things to supplement your income or how does it work yeah so i wear a bunch of different like money-making hats i'm yeah. always coming up with new little like freelance money-making schemes got you but, I, <laughs> but uh, you're all you're all you're 100 self-sufficient yeah i'm okay. not well i i'm like I do freelance work for particular organizations, but I'm hired as like a contractor. Right, right. So it's not as if I am doing a nine to five job and I Got work it. from home as well, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I make money as a book designer for a, um, for a small press that actually falls under the hybrid model we were discussing earlier. Mm. So I've gotten some interesting insight on how that um, model works and kind of why people gravitate towards it. Okay. Uh, and I also do some design for a nonprofit uh, that does like creative writing education that mm. I was a part of myself when I was younger and they were actually my first job. I've been doing book design for them for about six years. My first job with them was as a teaching assistant, not a designer, but I ended up in that job like because someone else like quit it and they needed someone else to do it. And that was actually how I learned in design and book art and something that I find very interesting now was just out of the necessity that someone else needed it. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's one thing I do. Then I also, I am, uh, I, I write grants for this organization called Poppy Muse. That's another mm. name to plug for people to check out because they're a great organization. They're a foster youth advocacy organization run yeah. by a former foster youth. The founder Tamika McLean is a very, prominent activist for foster youth and it's a very interesting organization mm. so definitely look them up it's poppy like the flower and then muse m-u-s-e so you can google them go to their site go to their instagram so that's those are just two examples right. of the hats i wear Got so you. i do kind of writing it. adjacent stuff yeah yeah i'm telling you <laughs> different yeah different i i i every time that we sit down and talk I leave with a little bit more. Uh, once one thing is just inspired, right? You know, this is but just, just uh, also have comfort to know that the 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 generation coming up, man. Uh, I don't know what this is going to end up being, hey, but man. man, I'm so excited to see this. Like, yeah. you know, more people that are like Emma out there that there are, and um, just I'm just grateful to know one the right yeah. here you know and just everything that you're doing is just mind-boggling it's just mind-blowing yeah and i'm excited to see what the future holds for you because i have no doubt in my mind that you're going to make a dent in yeah. this world literally i have mm. no doubt in my mind and it's uh it's people like you that's going to make this world even beautiful yeah. than what it is beautiful i don't know if that's <laughs> a word but you know more beautiful yeah. uh and um I'm I'm just grateful to know you. Yeah. At this at this point, because I don't know if we're gonna be able to get to you soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember us when you're yeah, big. Yeah. Just remember us. Just remember right. us. Yeah. Emma. Um, I, I think a, a part of that is that um, uh, they are producing content, um, not just m more easily and more comfortably, but also um, less perfection. Um, not that their, not that their work is any like um downgraded than work that might have been out 30 years ago but people might there there might have been more of an entry fee kind mm -hmm. of yeah or, you know more yeah. of like a more gatekeeping right where now you can do so much on your own the diy is really um it's, it's available you can you can get right. on to you can publish onto um like a amazon kindle or whatever yeah. mm -hmm. and um and and so the it's available it's more available where like anyone can publish anything, and uh, and so there's a lot more out there. Yeah. So the that restriction is more of a restriction you have on yourself. So obviously, the better you do, the more people are going to like it, and, right. and that's going to get out there. But I think this generation that uh, that is coming up and, and growing up, they they realize the power that they have, mm -hmm. and uh, I think a lot of the older generation um, maybe was told they couldn't do it, right. told that you know oh you're not good enough or you're not, and and you get things put in your head um, from family or friends or, or people that are jealous yeah. of you 
that you actually listen to where this generation is more like, well, let me see if it works. Right, right. You know? and, and I think and it's, it's more, great. And I think that they have the access. Uh, and also, that's, that's the beautiful world that we live in today. We have access to mm -hmm. see other people approaching this thing that we're approaching, you know, right. uh, where before, you know, the Internet started to thrive and all this social media started to thrive. You know, we had to go off of, you know, hearsay pretty mm -hmm. much a lot of times or, and try to, you know, it's kind of harder to find those circles doing or those people doing the thing that you want to do, mm -hmm. you know. So it's like, OK, I have to find that and then find the right person that maybe can help mentor me into right. doing this or I can see them approaching this and to know that it's even possible and maybe find a better way to navigate it where it is just so accessible it's everywhere mm -hmm. it's it's you you know you don't really even have to know how do you know that let me just google this thing and these yeah the, i think the you know the most powerful thing that's been invented so far is these space age modulators in the pocket yeah yep. that's why i call them y'all space age modulators i'm giving away my, yeah. yeah it's you know that the space age modulator 3000 is everything <laughs> uh marvin the martian uh gifted us with now but um nah just it's, it's it's a beautiful thing and i'm just uh i'm excited to be a part of this this world at this time and it's just things like this that are happening man it just i don't know just I, I, we don't know where this is going, but I'm excited to see this thing, yeah. man. So, um, uh, Emma, is there anything that you want to um, say to somebody that may have been in that that may be where you want to be at where you're at now, like a, a young Emma Riva? You know, what would you say to her mm. if you had a chance? So, actually, I was just having this conversation with my therapist today yeah, <laughs> about um, about. I'll, I'll build you after you the say. podcast. No, I'm just kidding. About what would, <laughs> what would you say to your yeah. younger self, and sort of recognizing how proud your younger self would be of you. Mm. And I think if I if if was the question, what would I say to her, or what would she say to me? What would you say to her? I think I would say to her that you don't have to do it all on your own, which sounds a little bit counterintuitive to everything we were just talking about, about <laughs> entrepreneurship and all of that. But yeah. I think that something I internalized as a teenager was having to be responsible for myself. And that was something that was a big kind of weight on me when I was in college and then kind of coming out of that. And I think that a lesson that I, so I'm still learning is that you don't always have to be a hundred percent self-reliant and nobody is like right. nobody mm. is it, even even the biggest like tech startup entrepreneur still calls their mom and like yeah. all of that it's mm. nobody is truly like self-made and i think that when i that you know talking to my younger self i would say you know you are going to accomplish some really cool things but you know you are also going to realize that it doesn't do any good to coister yourself away and think that you have to do it all yourself yeah i love that i love that and i think on that yeah. note you know we're going to take this out yeah. yeah yeah thank you so much for having me well emma thank you thank you for for being a part of this uh it's i mean it's a gift this yeah. is a gift right here and we we appreciate you for coming on um, one more time, let's give them, just give them one more time. I know they just heard your handle, but let's, let's do that <laughs> one more sure. time before you go out and where they can find your, your, uh, your book and everything. So my Instagram is Emma with glasses. Twitter is Emma with glasses. TikTok coming soon, potentially. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that would be great. Yeah. And you can find all the links to buy my book on my Instagram, but in um, case you were really inspired to do it from just listening to this podcast and you're like waiting with bated breath in front of your computer, you can type in tinyurl.com slash nightshift in Tamaqua and you can just get it from there. So if you were so excited by everything I was saying that you need it now, you can do it at that link. Hello, hello. And don't forget about the podcast too. Oh yes, yeah. So you can find my podcast uh, at ypodcast.info on Instagram. That's also our website URL, so it's very easy. Gotcha. So you can find all of our episodes, there and all of the interesting conversations that we've had. Hello, and uh, my name is Corey Ochai. I'm also the host of uh, The Art of Conversation. Uh, and I want to say thank you guys for listening in. Hopefully this, this podcast has brought some value to your life and you can use some of these things to navigate this beautiful world that we live in. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say uh, go out there, do something beautiful. The world is counting on you. And remember this world is, this world is a blank canvas and it's up to us to create a masterpiece. And uh, once again, just want to thank Emma for being on here. And I, I, think, uh, I think a good friend of mine's over here has something to say as well so thank yeah thank you for listening um my name is josh snyder 
and uh, you've been listening to Thoughtful Discussions. Uh, and uh, it, I kind of mentioned the print shop and, and business and growing up and all this sorts of stuff, uh, which you'll hear more if you do listen more. Um, but if you want to check out our print shop, it's pghprintship.com, pghprintship.com. Um, we, uh, we do all sorts of paper, stickers, banners, T-shirts, um, lots of different printing type things. And uh, we're over here in Pittsburgh, but we, we ship uh, just about anywhere. So hit us up. We'd love to work with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, listening and uh, a lot of our listeners are customers. A, lo- a lot of our guests are customers as well. Thank you for, for the work, Emma. Of course. And um, it is a, it's, it's a wonderful community to be a part of. Uh, we're deep in the, the arts community and the small businesses. And uh, it's, it's just, uh, this is just an, one more layer that I'm able to go into and do this podcast. And it is, uh, it's, it's always uh, a reminder of how, how thankful that I am of, of this, exactly this community and, and being able to do this and, and be here. So, so thank you all for listening. Thanks for, for being on. Thanks for being my co-host. Man, I'm all the way here for you. I'm all the way here for you. I love it. Yeah, so uh, guys, once again, go out there, do something beautiful. World's counting on you, and we are out.